Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sometimes it's good to just yell about football. What are you doing? Don't do this to me, Harry! The Ohio State. It's Ohio State! What do you mean, the? It's a poison. I almost stroked out and died over it. I'm glad to be at the party. I'm mad we're this late. You ain't a captain of nothing but a sinking ship. That helps the defense without them even doing a damn thing. Thing, thing, doing a damn thing. In a calling line. 312-988-15. You tell Johnny all you've heard and seen. Right. Oh, man, I got sinuses. They're killing me, man. We had all that cold weather, then it turned into warm weather, and then John can't breathe. Right when it gets warm, I'm like, oh, I could go outside, do some stuff. Then I get all stuffed up, and it affects my rasp. I do. Ooh, that was a better one. That's right. Welcome in. Welcome back to a Super Bowl hangover for America edition of the Airways Irish Show. As oh look at this, we got some calls already. I don't know if people want to talk about uh, uh, Usher at the halftime show, or they want to talk about the game, or they want to talk about Notre Dame, or something else that's lame. Whatever you want, dial it up three one two nine hundred eighty eight fifteen. Dialed up. Tell me all you heard and seen. All right. Here's the deal. We have some Super Bowl stuff to go over. And we got some Notre Dame news to go over as well. So we have a few things to go over today. We'll see how long we go, see how many callers we got. Uh, But there's just some nuance to all this stuff that I want to get in and go over for you guys. Some of this you may agree with me on. Some of it you may not. And here's the other thing. It's just so funny to see people's reactions to all of this. Uh, just just the halftime show, the game, like everybody's all over the board on what they liked and didn't like. So we, we got a lot to go over and we're going to have some fun with it today. Why not? In a way, today's like the funeral. It's not even really the football wake. Yesterday was the football wake where you do one more walkthrough. Today's the funeral day. Mom's going, mom's going six feet today. Today's the funeral. It's the final drive-through. We're not going to have football for a long time. And that makes me sad. So we got a lot to go over. Thank you uh, for being here. Callers, we got a couple. I'll pop you up right away. Let me get through a couple things and then I'll go to you. We'll do a couple super chats and then we'll get to the calls. Rodney, I see you here. I haven't heard from you lately. I was about to text you. Make sure you're alive. You're on the line. It's good to hear from you. Obviously, you can find the program on YouTube. Do it. Subscribe if you haven't yet. I appreciate it very much. 
give the video a thumbs up. That helps Yanni Boy out as well. Notifications on that way you're alerted every time a new episode drops. I know you don't want to miss it. Twitter. Search bar always Irish. Rat always Irish. Inc. Emails always Irish. Handy at gmail.com. Audio only anywhere you want it. You can get it. If you don't want to see my face. May the Lord bless you. I don't blame you. The call-in lines, you know the digits, 312-900-8815. Instagram, Facebook, always Irish Inc. USA Today, Fighting Irish Wire. Read all about it, folks. You got no excuses to get away from my takes. You have no excuses. You don't want to see the video, go to the audio. You don't want to see the audio or the video, go read about it. You're stuck with me. Patreon.com, a slash always Irish, former captain, leading tackler, Michael Goolsby and myself setting up a pretty good interview sometime later on this week. Maybe it may be a, a player in Notre Dame's recruiting class. Who knows? Stay tuned. We got a lot of good, we got a lot of good things going on over there. Thanks to everybody that's joined. Dr. John, good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, withdrawal in progress. Time to queue up the 79th cotton ball. I, I it's just you guys. I, we're not going to have real football till late August. This is going to be a rough run with a lot on our minds, a lot of moving parts, a lot of questions. Like this is, we're starting the grind and it's going to be a long time. And we have a lot of Notre Dame stuff to go over between now and then. I I just, uh, James Brothers, no musical talent, the halftime show. Here's the issue I have, you guys. Here's the issue I have. I wasn't on my list is the first thing, but let's get into it. You get Jay Carr. We got football at 420, John. Well, we certainly do, bro. Light one up. <laughs> you guys, there's zero. I am immature. I, the things I find funny when I was like 15 are still funny to me at almost 40. There is 0% chance I'm not going to leverage that the blue and gold game's on 420 in some way. There's just no chance. I'm just telling you all straight up. There's going to be a promo or an ad or something with, you know, Nate Dog, you know, smoke weed every day. There's going to be something because I'm just that immature. And half of the years of my life, you would have to have 420 to not lose your mind watching a blue and gold game. Half of those years, I'm sitting there going, I don't know whether I, the offense is bad, the defense is bad, or it's all bad. Get me out of here. So 420 for this game's about right most years. This year, I'm actually excited. There's actually a lot I want to see. I want to see all the quarterbacks. There's a lot of young guys that I want to see get some run. It's just, it's enjoyable to look forward to this game because there's talent I want to go see. Shouldn't be a rarity. Anyways, well, you got your usher wish, John. I, I did. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it. I, I got a little flow here that I'm going to go over. We, I don't know, man. Here's, here's my biggest problem with the halftime shows. They're not singing it live. Everybody knows that, right? Remember the Chili Peppers took a bunch of crap because they were out there dancing and Flea had his bass guitar not plugged in. Everybody realized none of this is live music, right? 
Like we need to establish that before we do anything else. Everybody understands that's a recorded track. That girl ripping the air solo, that she ain't making no solo. She wasn't even touching the strings. So everybody, I just want to make sure nobody thinks that what you see at that halftime show is them really singing and dancing and running around. It's all lip sync. I thought. Chili Peppers took heat for it. Other bands don't like it. I think that's the rule. Because they just don't want any problems or anything. I, I Or Tex ND, it was lip sync. It sounded that bad. I think there's a backing track. And then they can have a live mic to add in here and there to their own thing. You get what I'm saying? Like there's a main backing track, but I think they do make it so they can add in like their real voice. But like, it's just, it's, it's not real anymore. So you got to look at that when you're analyzing all this stuff. Also, man, Usher whew, lost a step on them dance moves. Damn. I know it's been like 20 years, but the dude looked rusty on them dance moves. It ain't what I remember. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Uh, I think Usher was releasing it. If he, I'm telling you, there's a backing track and then they can add to it. But I know it's always been a big deal whenever they there's music instruments and then they take heat for not playing them live. I just remember it being a big deal for the Chili Peppers and they didn't like it because they're a live band, but that was the contract or whatever and Flea's out there doing the bass. It's not even like hooked up. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, so good morning. I'm happy to be with you. I'm glad you're spending your morning here. It means the world to me. This is America's funeral. Football is over and it's just kind of unfortunate. It it just really is. Tom Petty, best halftime show ever. Well, that's that's a classic one. I don't know how many years ago it would have been. Paul McCartney did it. He did one too. That's just like show stopping everything. It's Paul McCartney. I'm sorry. Like you could usher all you want. You could snoop and Dre all you want. Paul McCartney's Paul McCartney. Like that kind of thing is in a different category to me. That that's that's like watching a history lesson. A mute. It, that's different. Uh, but I have an old soul and I have respect for that kind of thing. Seen Paul McCartney multiple times in his 70s. Pff, better than better than bands that are in their 40s. Paul McCartney plays for three hours with no break. In his 70s, no break. Paul McCartney, three hours straight, running up and down the stage. Great band behind him. Freaking just unbelievable. No breaks. The guy was like 75. Unbelievable. So let's start with this. And I see your super chats. I'm going to get right to them. Let's start with this. Phone calls too. The Super Bowl needs to be on a Saturday. That's that's my big takeaway. When I take all of this in, that's my big takeaway. And it is every year and it is again. The Super Bowl needs to be on a Saturday or I'm going to give you another option. I'm going to give you another option. The Super Bowl needs to be on a Saturday or the United States government needs to do something everybody would actually approve of and like and agree with and make the Monday after the Super Bowl a federal football holiday for this country. Those are your options. Seriously, those are your options. Okay, I'll say it again. Move the game 
to a Saturday night or make the Monday after the Super Bowl a national football holiday. All right? Why Saturday night? I So people could actually party and relax. So people could actually party and relax and not have to sit there and they want to indulge or they want to party or whatever, but you have in your mind, ah, oh, God, I got to go to the office tomorrow, deal with my boss. I got this meeting. I got a Zoom at 9 a.m. I can't really indulge. Saturday night lets people be able to party and do so carefree and plan bigger gatherings. Go out, have a bigger party at home. Like you can, I, Saturday night gives people more flexibility. So, or make that Monday the federal football holiday as like a day of mourning that football season's over. There's your options. Speaking of which, now that we're talking about a federal holiday for something, let me ask this. Why is voting day not a federal holiday off work? They always talk about how important voting is and, and oh, it's the, your civil duty and you got to do all this. What? Well, then why is it a federal holiday then? That they give you the day off and say, base your day around your civil duty and find a place to vote, wait in line or whatever. If it's that big of a deal... If it's that big of a deal, why isn't that day just off instead of making everybody try and run to work, deal with the kids, and find time to vote? If it's that big of a deal, give us a bone, bro. Anyways, this is always a sad day for me. It's the end of real football till August. I can't get into the USFL, Canadian. I can't do that. That's not my thing. Uh, it's just kind of a sad day, and we have a long time until football again. I, I just... Uh, It's just sad, man. We have we have such a long time till Texas A&M. This ramp up's going to be like pulling teeth. And it's year three, and I feel the pressure on Freeman Mounting to get something really done this year. And, and I already feel the fan base on edge about it, what this year three is going to be, because there's real expectations in a different way than existed the first two years of the guy's early tenure. And I feel some of that pressure already. I feel some of that angst already. Uh, I feel some of that Notre Dame fan anxiety already. And, and we're very far away. Uh, and that that's interesting to me. But I am grateful for spring ball. That's going to give us at least one last taste. So, so we have that. Uh, and then as for the actual game, let me get through this part with the game. We'll go to the calls and the chats. As for the game, I guess it was great if you didn't care one. I had no, it didn't, it doesn't raise my blood pressure at all. I don't care about the NFL results at all. So it was enjoyable for me to watch because I didn't care. If I cared, I would have been on the edge of my seat. Um, in my USA Today write-up, you know, we have to do predictions and write a little blurb about what, what we think. I picked Mahomes and Reed in the USA Today in a close one. And in my write-up, I just wrote, in a moment as pressure-packed as this, I'm defaulting to what I trust most. And it's Andy Reid and the best quarterback in the world. And I just said, I feel like somehow, some way, Mahomes will find a way to do one more thing than Purdy and win the game. So I wasn't far off. And at least they, I got a win on my ledger for USA Today. They keep a tally. What about the Bears, Johnny? I watch every game. Never. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For this one, I am completely up to date on all of their news and drama. It just doesn't raise my blood pressure one bit. If I rode, rode the Bears the way I do Notre Dame, I would have already been dead 20 years ago. There's absolutely no chance I would be able to survive the Saturdays I've had of Notre Dame misery, followed by the embarrassment of the Bears on Sunday at noon. I No, my body would just give up on, on its will to exist. I'd just be gone. So there's no way. Uh, so maybe that's self-preservation or whatever, but I can't do it. I can't do it. I would pass. It's too much. Too much bad football in, in the last 20 years would have killed me from both of those organizations. So I never miss a Bears game. I'm fully up with all their stuff and all the drama with are they going to get Caleb, all this stuff. Just doesn't, I don't, it doesn't affect my blood pressure at all. So I, anyways, I default to always picking the best quarterback in the world with all the pressure in the world, or at least that's what I thought when going into it, just because they didn't have a strong feeling either way. It ended up working out for me. Uh, didn't bet, not a big gambler. I don't, I don't like, once I start gambling on football, then I'm going to lose the genuine plot. Like there's something I'm against in it. Cause I did, it's like the last thread of like me just watching football for the joy of football and wanting my rooting interest to happen for genuine reasons. And I'm trying to hold on to that because the rest of football is changing in a way I don't recognize quickly. Um, all right. I got one thing I need to bring up that bothers me about this game. And then I'll do the chats, get to the calls. I know I lied. It's already been 15 minutes. There's just a lot to go over and I get excited. Here's the deal. Picture the, the end of the fourth quarter. The Niners are up by three. And the Chiefs and Mahomes go right down the field, kick a field goal to tie it to get it into overtime. Okay? I am not an X's and O's guy. I'm not a scheme guy. Um, but this gave me major Notre Dame, Ohio State flashbacks. Somebody explained to me why teams that play good, physical, tight defense all game don't trust their defense to do that in the most important moment. I don't understand it. They've been good enough to win all game, got you in the position where if you play good defense one more time, you win the Super Bowl. And what do you do? You back off the best quarterback in the world. The final drive with everything on the line for the world championship. What do you do? You back off the best quarterback in the world. Let him go right down the field. He only needed three. He only needed three. That's a big difference. If you needed seven, I understand a lot more the philosophy of giving up chunks in the middle of the field and not worrying about it, wanting the clock to run and keeping everything in front of you. I get it. If it's seven, if it's seven, but if it's three, man, and you're given these big cushions, that's easy to go right down the field and get in position for three, especially in a dome. So I'm sure there's some sort of metrics that say that's the way to go or whatever that I don't know about, but so many times I see in college and the pros, 
You get soft like that. Keep everything in front of you. And before you know, every time that happens, I feel like 30 seconds later, a team is across the 50 going down the field. I just, it, it gave me a little bit of Ohio State flashbacks where Notre Dame messed up their, their defense. I, I just, I, I just, I don't, I kind of understand the concept, but also it's like, bro, your defense has been playing good all, all game, all year. They got you in the game. Just play your good defense. Maybe loosen up a little, but you just can't give the best quarterback in the world the whole middle open field in a soft zone to just go right down the field into field goal positions. I just can't. I can't, I hate it. I, I just hate it. How about commercials? How about we do that? Everybody's afraid to end anybody. There's nothing even remotely edgy anymore. The whole thing's ruined. It's not even a thing to look for anymore like it used to be. There, did I cover it all? Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you. That's what I think it is. Everyone is so afraid of getting canceled. Nobody can do anything even remotely edgy. And everybody tiptoes around. It's just, it's not what it used to be. It used to be literally the only football game in a world where you would say, yeah, good one, Blyberg. Uh, good one. I, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Good one, though. Um, what I was going to say is everybody's afraid to offend anybody. They don't want to get canceled. They're not going to do it. I just think I liked when it was edgy when we were young or even immature and simple. Give me the frogs, Budweiser. I'm an immature guy. Like there's just nothing. So I, I don't really see any value in that. It used to be the only game in the world where you would literally be like, I don't want to want to even refill my drink or go take a leak because I want to see these commercials like that. That used to be the only one. It ain't anymore. Everybody's afraid. Now let's get to Usher. <laughs> you got to understand. You got to understand. I was a freshman in college when Get Low was the biggest radio and club hit. And then right after that, yeah, came out. So you got to understand, I'm a freshman in college and Get Low was hot all summer, rolling right into freshman year of college. And then you got, yeah, and then yeah, came out. Uh, you got to understand, most of my sliding and gliding street credit I got came from these two songs. So... You know, I don't do like the whole R&B Usher thing is just like a little before my time and not my thing. But you got to understand, get low. And and yeah, we're just like all timers. And sure enough, they've withstood time. Like those are anthems now. They still play them at bars and in football stadiums and everything else. Every single wedding I've ever been to with the DJ plays, yeah. I've never been to one wedding with a DJ where they don't play yeah, and then I'm out there nine Miller lights deep, you know, cutting more rugs than a guy that works at Luna. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, I'm going to like seeing my guys out there, but it's just whatever. The Super Bowl is just such a big thing. It's just whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't know. And it also does make me think back to how long ago it was when the Bears were, <clears throat> the Bears were in it in 05. And I know we did, man, in college, that was a great night. We just did an all-nighter pretty much. 
Saturday night, party, stay up all night. Roll it into Sunday morning, party all day, and then the game. That Nobody was going to sleep with the Bears in the Super Bowl. What are you going to do? Just rest your little head on the bed? No. you. Can't. So we just kept it going all through the night before that one. Oh, man. So I, I don't know. You got you to gotta understand, though, that was my time period. All right, a couple chats. Then we'll go to the calls. Then we'll get into this Notre dame stuff because there's a bunch of that, too. But I want to know what you think of the Super Bowl and all that, whatever. I'm glad I don't care. I'm really glad I was sitting there, no blood pressure, just watching a good game. Good morning, Irish Nation. 68 days until spring game. And more importantly, always Irish. Wait, is it still 68 days? Uh, that just seems like a grind 68 days. Uh, more importantly, the always Irish tailgate. I don't think I don't think that's the most important thing going on that day, but I do appreciate that. <laughs> oh, look at this. Sir Lucas, he's back. What I do know is Tom Reese to UCLA and grooming for the future Notre Dame head coach after Freebird rolls out of here in a year or two is a great win for Notre Dame football. Here's the problem. If you don't think Freeman has enough experience to be a good head coach, you can't possibly think that Tommy does. But if Tommy gets the UCLA job, it would be a really interesting experiment, a lot more interesting to me than like just as general intrigue goes. A lot more interested to see him coaching a Big Ten team than being a tight ends coach in the NFL. I just think out of a Notre Dame fan curiosity level, yeah, this is going to be way more interesting to, to see. Al Washington doing a hell of a job recruiting. I'm liking what he's doing with the Hogs up front, the D-line now. If the OC could pick up the slack for Freeman and others offensively, we'll win. There's something else about some of the offensive recruits we'll get to in a minute. And I do want to bring it up. Callers, I am coming to you, I promise. Nikki Dean loves to be hard and seen. I hope Reese gets the UCLA job, falls in love with the weather out there, never never comes back to South Bend. I'm just telling you. The people I know that are friends with Tommy say that he wants to be Notre Dame's coach someday. Thought he should have got interviewed for the job seriously as a contender when Freeman got the job. I'm just telling you guys, that's a part of this guy's mission. So I don't know what to make of that, but but if that's his mission, getting the UCLA job would be an interesting experiment trial run, wouldn't it? So I don't know. Phil, anyone else jump up and start dancing to Usher? They're, yeah, I'm guilty. Yeah, you got to do the slide and glide, baby. The Usher slide and glide. I made a college career out of it. Mark with glasses. A Notre Dame Usher would have put on a better show and shown you your seat too. I'm just picturing... Like a Notre Dame usher, one of them old guys telling you to sit down and be quiet and all this. And, and I'm just picturing it. It's just do, 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 do. And he's doing the dance moves, pointing to your seat. And he's just sliding over here. And he's sliding over there. Woo, your seat. I like that. I like that. I don't think they have the personality for it, but I do like it. Sir. Sir Lucas. Ooh. Might actually agree with something Sir Lucas said. Maybe I need to get checked. I bet Tom Reese is a fiery head coach who inspires his team, unlike the laid-back pretty boy we got running the show now. Let's take your personal hostilities towards Freeman 
which I can't fully understand yet. I really can't. Uh, especially when compared to the way people treated Kelly, who added on not good enough autopilot for a decade. Everybody kissed up to him. I'll never understand it. I'll never understand how half this fan base let that guy lie to you and bullshit you for over 10 years. And people fell for it. I got all the messages, all the hate. John, he's trying as hard as he can. John, this is as good as it gets for Notre Dame. John, it's hard to recruit at Notre Dame. Brian Kelly's doing as good as he could. We need to support him blindly and not ask any questions. Uh, John, who do you think Notre Dame's going to get that's any better? Nobody could do a better job than Kelly. We can't even get any guys in. It's hard to recruit. Back off, Kelly. You're all not paying attention. You were all not paying attention. There was a lot of meat left on that Irish bone, and Kelly pulled the wool over half this fan base that fell for it. Fell for it. Chopping down a different aisle. Uh, you know, we need RKGs, not MVPs. You know, I don't know what you expect me to do. Guys have to go to school. All of that. Some of you fell for it. I'll never forgive you either. So naive. You fell for it. I got the messages saved. Brian Kelly's got Notre Dame going as good as they possibly could, John. Why don't you back off and support him? Everybody tells me the guy refused to recruit. What the hell are you talking about? You out of your mind? The jet was in the hangar, putting on zero miles and zero hours. Wake up. That song better be on Johnny's playlist at the Blue and Gold game. You know it is. You know it is. Next Super Bowl, New Orleans. Betting odds for the halftime show. Little Wayne, Taylor Swift, Drake. I thought they offered Taylor Swift, and she said no already, but maybe she'll do it down the road. Little Wayne would be the whole New Orleans thing. Because then you got to have Birdman, and you got to have Baby, and then you got to have Manny Fresh. Like, if you're doing the, if, or we bring in Master P, like, if we're going to do the New Orleans hip-hop thing, it's Wayne-centric. Like, Wayne-centric. And then that means to me, Baby's got to be there, and you got to have Manny Fresh bring the whole thing back. Gators, boots, well, I, you got to bring it all back then, right? God, what a time to be alive. The big timers. Oh, what a time to be alive. Life was so sim much simpler. Unbelievable. Phil, I feel like Johnny will dance to almost anything. Incorrect. I'm very picky about my beats, Phil. I'm very pick I'm picky about my beats. The beat has to be right. Um, It's got to be a... I got to feel the beat to move my feet. That's the way it is. I'm extremely picky about the beat. But if you give me a, a good beat, buddy, you ain't seen legs move this quick since Usain. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bolt. I'm telling you, I'll be moving and grooving. Come to the tailgate. Maybe we'll see it.
Steven, one day closer to August. Dude, this is so depressing. I don't want to think about how long that is. Ah, ooh, Xander, ooh, buddy. Yikes. Burris was an awful take. Even worse when you had Embedas. Brown has not impressed me. Here's the thing, Xander. You're not alone in that. You're not alone in that. And I've heard a lot of people say that. Are we get are we falling in love here with some last names of dad rather than looking at these guys and what they could do? I've seen very mixed reviews on these two guys. I admit that. And then I think when that's the case on the film, people that are critical are going to say, are you just taking these guys because of their dad's last name or what? That is, Xander, that is a concern other people share. The Ohio podcast. I will never understand people smashing televisions over losing football games. John, I mean, come on, man. Can that really be that therapeutic? It almost seems as though you're speaking to me as if you, you're kind of baking in the cake here that I do that regularly. And my response back to him in the chat before the show started was, I don't know who you think you're talking to. I am way too cheap to be smashing my big tel- big screen TVs and then have to rebuy one and set one up again. I'm way too lazy for that. I'm cheap. There's no way. I break things I don't care about that aren't expensive. That's what I break. You know how far I brought this? Ask Pat. I don't see him in here. You know how far I brought this? This is how far. I will bring, you know, I got a million golf clubs over the years, iron switched out, you know, and for some reason I don't get rid of them. I keep them in the garage, just old sets of golf irons. It got to the point where I would bring a brake club to play golf with. Take one club out of the bag I don't usually use, so I'm still in accordance with the 14 rule. And I would take, you know, a four iron out that I almost never find a situation for and put a crappy old iron in the bag that I never use. That way, if I hit a bad shot with my good Titleist, I put that back in the bag, grab the old club out, snap that thing in a million pieces, and throw it wherever I need to to get my anger out without breaking an expensive modern new club. Johnny's a thinker. Johnny's a thinker. I started thinking, why are you going to break a club that's expensive that you're going to want to use five more times today when I could just bring a break club I'm never going to use again, and I could... Tomahawk that baby. I could helicopter it. I like kicking the irons. You get a good flip off that if you kick it right with the the shaft long ways and drop kick it. You get a fun noise, a little bit of helicopter action, or just the old snap over the knee and, and discard it in the woods. I get creative when I break things. And I finally matured to the point where I brought a break club so I didn't break my new clubs. So I don't know. Look at this. $20 $20 from the V1, rotate. Thing I hated most about indie football was when we scored right at the end to scrape by some school no one's ever heard of and Kelly standing on the sidelines with one finger up. Dang, that made me want to smack him. That's kind of random, V1. That's kind of random. But I like it, and I appreciate you being here. $2 for Rodney. What's going on, buddy? Good morning, Mr. Foolsby. Philip. $5. Thank you, Philip. Man, didn't even have a comment. Just don't. Man, I love them people. Sometimes people will just throw you 10 bucks and they don't even have like a comment they want you to highlight. It's really, really nice. It means the world to me, you guys. I do appreciate it. 
Steven says, Tom Petty, best halftime show ever. Yeah, that one's pretty neutral. I feel like a lot of people like uh, Tom Petty. Unfortunate early passing. Oh, Pat, you are here. Sorry. Let's see. But I did watch John break an expensive putter. He smashed the face of his putter with his wedge after he uh, chipped it over the green. I did. Stephen Landry, angry anger management issues, John. I don't know what in my history would ever make you think I have any of those issues whatsoever. I usually maintain total composure. I don't know what would make you think I have anger issues, Stephen. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Here's what happened. You know, the ball's like somewhere over here. You grab your putter and your wedge. And then I get up there and I decided to hit it with the wedge. And the putter was laying there. So I chipped it with the wedge. I didn't like where it went. I went like this. And the putter had one of those inserts. You know what I mean? Like a different material as an insert. And right where I hit the putter, it cracked that, in, that insert. So that's garbage. That's garbage. Um, but yeah, the break club idea was one of my most genius ones. Yeah. Why the hell am I going to break my expensive, good Titleist iron when I could just break one from high school I'm never going to use again and get the rage out? I'm a genius. Absolute genius. Let's, <laughs> I don't know about that. Let's see what the people think. 818-419. And then also, Andrew, I saw you call. You might be at work or whatever. Call me back when you get a chance. 818 818- What's going on, man? Where have you been? I've been worried about you. Where have you been? You don't have to answer yeah, that. Yeah, dude, you're by fine. The way. I, I, responded, I responded to your email. I, uh, man, it was just one of those things. It's just like I only really have Mondays to call in now. Um, it's just the only day I'm really free um, when, when the show's on. And incidentally, I always work uh, at 10 a.m., which is 9 a.m. Central Time, on every Wednesday and Friday show. Uh, so Monday's my day, but I think too much last Monday, I, I was sick or something, John. I woke up not feeling well. I watched all the videos, man. Always watch yeah. the videos. You're just, I hey, this, take it this. as a compliment, Rodney. You're so regular that when I don't hear from you, I worry about you, man. You know, like, I, I just hey, want to make sure you're good. That. It was kind of cool. I just want to make sure cool you're all a shout good. Out about that. Yeah. I just want to make sure yeah, you're I, all good, buddy. And, uh, you know, so yeah, I'm good. Uh, Rodney, what do you make of the Super Bowl? What do you make of some of the <laughs> Notre Dame news with uh, O'Leary adding to the Chargers, maybe Tommy Reese's future changing drastically. Uh, yeah. The Super Bowl, wherever you want to go on a Monday, man. It's a funeral Monday, man. This is the last football for a long time. Uh, I know, man. You know, but here's the thing, and and I was you know, this is the great thing, and I want I want okay. I was actually going to bring this up third on the topic, but I'll say it right now. Leads me to your show. We have your show, John. That's what's going to keep us all going. Um, by the way, on that 420. I'm just going to say it. I don't care. Sue me. I'm coming blaze to the yeah. 420 tailgate, man. Just, just so you know. Just so you know. Oh, that's so funny. I, <laughs> I just, can't wait, man. It's going to be so much fun. Dude, there's just, there's no way the way my brain thinks, there's just no way I can ignore <laughs> that this game is on 420. It's just an impossibility. I'm that immature. Like, I'm just, it's going to be no, a thing. It's not immature. Like, it's, it's not immature. 
like, dude, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to like find a way to get a video or maybe Mark with glasses could help me with it. Find a way to get the video of like Cheech and Chong when they're driving in their car and stuff and like make it that they're getting <laughs> off the exit off into something and they got like the smoke trail behind them and they're, we get to go to the game, man. Like whatever. I just, there's no way I'm not going to think of it. I want to hear Dre and Snoop Dogg in the background. Yeah, the that blasting, man. Now I'm coming blade. I'll just tell you that right now. That's no joke. Anyway, um, can't wait for that, man. Um, and but but I was just thinking about this, man. I watched this show with you and and Goldsby and Singer. What a good show, man. That was so good. Um the three of you have a really good dynamic and hi too. I watch the, the two shows I watch consistently. I watch your, I mean, yours number one. So, you know, I watch every video you do. Um, if I miss one, it's a rare thing. And I watch, I try to watch as much of blue and gold as I can too. I think they do an excellent job. And I think it's kind of a natural pairing of you, of your two shows, man. There's just a, I just like the personalities, like there's personality on both of those shows. I want to, I want to give some credit. Look, man, if you're an X's and O's guys, the Irish Breakdown guys do a great job. If you're really into that X's and O's stuff, I'll give them credit for that. But I can't watch more than 15 yeah. minutes and I'm bored I give out them, my mind. I give them but credit I will give them for credit. That they do do a great job of that. I want to give them credit for that. I give them and credit for that, too. Special place. And the other thing I always, yeah. give, I always give them credit for is I can never question their hard work. Those guys are live all the time, oh, man. Absolutely, like, no question, I can never, yeah, they, I can never question the work over there because those guys are always live. They're always doing something. So, uh, but yeah, you know what, Rodney? You know what's perfect is this niche now has multiple options for people to get a little bit of everything. Go get, absolutely. go get your X's and O's stuff or a breakdown of a recruit film or whatever. Go hit that stuff. And then come over here for the other side of it and some of the humor and the different ways to think about it. Like, you're not limited. I tell people, get a little bit of everything. It's beautiful. Get a sampling. Absolutely. And Eric Hansen has a special place in my heart because I used to call into his show with Darren Pritchard on the radio a lot. And he's just a good guy, man. And he knows his stuff. But yeah, man, I mean, still, yours number one, the BGI, man, too. They do a fantastic job as well. So those are the two that are kind of my go-to Notre Dame shows. Um, you know, definitely. So just wanted to throw you some, some credit there, man. That, that really, that, that one between you Goldsby and singer was, was really fun to watch. Boy, singer has really loosened up. I've noticed, man, when I first started watching, he was a little stiff. I, I'm, I'm just giving him credit here. He's really over the last, like, I don't know, year or so, I guess he's really, uh, his personality really shows through now and really like the guy. Yeah, I really like the guy. And you know what? Here's um, why it works. Here's why it works. It works because, now me and Goolsby have all this working history of doing Patreon all the time. And me and Mike and the other Mike, we've all worked together before. So like everybody knows everybody's thing. You know, both of those guys know my vibe and like, let me do my thing. It just helps mm -hmm. when there's a comfort there uh, between all of us. So it is a good dynamic. And we're going to do more of that. I'm going to jump on their show and we're going to do a, a lot of that. So it'll be good. What would really be great, man? I mean, it's called a blue gold game after all. We'd be great. I know Goldsby's going to be at the tailgate. You've already said that. I love, I love the singer and Hyde came too, man. That'd be great. 
Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, the tailgate's going to be a lot of fun. We got a lot of stuff planned. Uh, there's going to be some old players coming through there. Like, we, it's, it's just growing. So That's I don't know. Awesome. It's, yeah, it's going to yeah, be. I can't, I can't wait, man. I it, can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, just I've had give two me the bad weather. Luck, blue gold just games in a row, man. Give me the I've weather. Had two bad luck. I want the weather to just not be miserable. It doesn't have to be great. Yeah. Just don't be miserable. It, it, it doesn't have to be great. Right. Just don't be awful. Yeah, you've had a couple runs of bad luck. You better get into town remember Friday. Last year's was, remember last year's game? I mean, remember I got at the very end as you were going out, as you were getting out of the stadium, I was coming in. Yeah, it was but good it was, uh, I remember it was not a good day. It was a bad day. I mean, it just was like overcast, and I, I don't know if it rained, but it was like maybe it did. It was. I just remember being kind of cold, like 40 degrees-ish or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It was bad. But um, as far as the – okay, so um, I'm going to talk about the halftime show. Look, man, I thought it was classy. I'm going to say that. Um, loved his outfit. Thought that was cool. I, uh, it was a little underwhelming to be honest. It's hard though, man. When you got 20 minutes to put on a show, it's really tough. But, um, I did think it had class because some of the, some of them in recent memory have just been all pomp and circumstance and shock and spectacle over substance. But in my opinion, and Tom Petty was great. Paul McCartney was great. I'm a big fan of the who I, I would love watching that show, but still the best. In my opinion, it's not even close. It was 2006 Prince, Seattle, Pittsburgh Super Bowl. That to me was the best halftime show because he he took that 20 minutes and did a little bit of everything. And I mean, it was like watching the modern Jimi Hendrix up there, man. Um, you didn't know, he, in all his, his didn't glorious it like form. rain when he was doing Purple Rain? Didn't it rain yeah. in the stadium? And then it yeah. had like a hue to it, so the whole like ambiance thing could be right. It all just worked. it was amazing, dude. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I always liked Prince before that, but I he then reached another level for me from that point forward, man. I just I I, I got super into Prince after that, even though I already like you know already a big fan. Anyway, just wanted to say that. Um, as far as the game goes, dude, damn it, John, you took the words out of my mouth. Did I not think of Ohio State Notre Dame during I would I even said it before the game started. I said, if I got a feeling the Chiefs were, I said I want the 49ers to win this for Purdy's sake. Um, but I said if this game comes down to the end and Mahomes has the ball with a minute and a half to go, you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> I said you already you just know what's gonna happen. Yeah. And Exactly what you said, dude. I don't understand. The one thing Mahomes hasn't really overly impressed me with, the one, I don't want to say weakness in his game, but thing that doesn't blow me away, he doesn't throw the long ball particularly fantastically. You know what I mean? He, he's great at the short pass. He's great at those improvisational little 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 two-yard throws. And what I didn't understand is, they're, like you said, the whole middle of the field was wide open. And what they were doing in the beginning, the first quarter, they were, I mean, they were playing so good. Um, and, and they were taking that away. And then as the game went on, they just started to allow that. And I'm like, dude, why are you, you know, I got to give credit to the chiefs defensive backs, man. They were amazing throughout that game and they were yeah. playing tight. Mm. And, um, I thought the 49ers got away from the running game at one point, they got back to it in the fourth quarter, which was smart. And then, you know, they just, the wrong guy. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Had the ball at the end of the game. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't have a big rooting interest per se, as you said, but I just, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't want to see the Chiefs win another Super Bowl, so whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah that's um, kind of where I was, too. What I didn't have a dog in the fight. Um, let me ask you this. Let's switch over to Notre Dame, yeah. though. What do you make of sure. that rumor that Tommy Reese may be in the mm. running for the UCLA jump? And you know what, Rodney? Let me ask you this one first. 419 and 224 coming up next. Let me ask you this first. Before I even ask you that, what do you think of Chip Kelly willfully accepting a demotion you know what rodney let me tell you what i think is going on i think a lot of these older coaches in college are realizing this is a nightmare it is harder than ever to be a head coach put it all together keep a roster together navigate nil navigate the portal i believe a lot of these older coaches are going to start phasing out into other roles media go to the nfl so what do you make of him willfully demoting himself opening up this spot and then maybe tommy boy sliding right in i don't know can i can i answer it by 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 throwing another thing at you Uh, imagine brian kelly still being our coach no thanks you know how lucky we are to have freeman during this chaos Oh, because Rodney. he obviously no, no, is no, no, obsessed no, 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 with no. this with recruiting. Rodney, you know what I'm saying? Rodney, this has been one of my main, main points. Main. I have been telling people, Rodney, Notre Dame fans should be super lucky that Marcus is here. You know why? Because the game has changed in so many ways, so fast, so drastically, just in two and a half years. If you didn't have a coach on the modern edge of understanding all that and wanting to be a part of it and pushing Notre Dame to be more modern, we would have fallen so far back behind in oh the last God. two years. I always think totally. about that. And that is separate from game results. How many wins and losses do you have? This is a bigger picture existential program thing. If you didn't have a guy that was totally in tune with the modern game and wanted to be and wanted to push Notre Dame and make Notre Dame powers that be realized you got to get more going here. I'm afraid Notre Dame would be so far left in the dust just from these two years and how much everything's changed. Freeman is the engine driving those changes, getting the admin to wake up and and understand why we got to do stuff. Everybody should appreciate that because if we didn't have it, I think you'd be light years behind already. I've been thinking that myself and I just, that's why, you know, look, He's got a lot of he's got a lot of learning still to do, but he's learning at such an exponential rate. I, I just see I see it. We see him growing before our eyes. I don't want to I don't want to throw too many compliments at him before he's accomplished a couple things here. But it is improving. We can see it. We can feel it. And I'm telling you, and I'm not trying to throw shade at Brian Kelly. I'm just saying, under what the way things have gone the last couple. And I'll answer your question in a minute about Reese. I'm just saying, but the way things have gone in the last couple of years. Oh my God, man. We, we would be, you think that, you know, people are upset with him finishing, you know, from 11 to 15 or 16 in recruiting. We'd be, we'd be barely hitting the top 25 at this point, in my yeah. opinion, if, this, if, they, if he was still the coach. So yeah, be thankful that, that you got the guy that seems to be obsessed with this. Rodney, stuff. you know, you what's, know, uh, a, you know what? Um, 
Singer made me think of that because Singer's ultimately tied to every minutia they're recruiting every single day. You yeah. know, that's his world. He, he loves it, man. Dude, you can tell he loves it. In he that, loves that, yeah, that in that in that episode, he said there are so many guys. Notre Dame wouldn't even they wouldn't even be on Notre Dame's radar if Deuce oh. Knight, Deuce Knight would have never even heard of Notre Dame if Brian Kelly never. was still here. Yeah, yeah. Like it's night and day. But Rodney, I understand though. While we're doing this project, I understand fully though. If Freeman Dunn start getting elite results on the field, none of this is going to mean that much. I'm I'm willing to admit that. I can see all this stuff going on in the moving parts in the building. But if he doesn't start translating it soon into like elite level winning, then it's not it's going to fall flat for a lot of people. And I admit that that's that's clearly the case and I agree with that. But I'm just saying. Yeah, I agree. But, but I, I'm, I just, I'm just saying. I, you know, you, look, man. I, yeah, I like what I'm seeing. I, I just, but I think that we're we're close to that, John. I just, I, he's what's happening too. The thing I'm really impressed with what Freeman's doing. Again, he seems to learn from his mistakes very, very quickly. You already are seeing big changes in the coaching staff. I mean, hiring Denbrock was huge, man. I don't think people realize how big that hire is. The the strength and conditioning coach. You know, I forget his name already. Um, help me out. Who are we talking about? The strength and conditioning coach. Uh, Lauren Landau. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those, those are two huge hires, you know, man. So he's so he's getting it on the recruiting trail, and he's getting it by recruiting coaches, you know. So he's – Freeman's understanding, man, that you have to have an entire staff that is devoted to moving things forward, you know. Okay, so answering your Reese question, um, man, I mean, God, more power to him. I – I have to say, like, I can understand him wanting to go. If he, I said, I don't mean to take credit for this man, but I would, I'm sure it was being said out there and I just didn't hear it. But I remember thinking, I always had a feeling Reese is not trying to be the best offensive coordinator. He wants to be Notre Dame's head coach one day. That's why he's going to Alabama to learn under Nick Saban. That's why now he's, you know, apparently was going off the NFL to learn from other coaches, to get a well-rounded perspective on things. And so while I thought, okay, it might make more sense for him to go, you know, be the head coach of a Mac school, I kind of see why he'd want to go to the NFL first, kind of get that, you know, learn from the best, whatever. But if he gets the UCLA coaching job, oh my God, yeah, man, you don't think that our, our pulse is going to be on that radar for a while? I mean, and, to see and how that, he does. And, it would be interesting no matter what. But the fact that UCLA joined the Big Ten adds so many more layers of oh, intrigue. Yeah. It, would oh, be, yeah. it would be different if it was like, let's tune on late night Pac 12 programming and watch Tommy Boy lighten yeah, like up Arizona the West State. Coast at 2 a.m. Yeah. yeah. At like right. 2 a.m. And it'd be right. like, let's see what Tommy has cooking out West. But the fact that this would be. Big 10, man, that's a big opportunity. And again, I like situations where I don't really have a dog in the fight, but it's football curiosity. And following Tommy's head coaching arc would be really entertaining. Absolutely, man. I'm rooting for the guy. I really am. And I, I hope he succeeds big time because I do hope at some point if he's that good, which I think he can be, I still think his 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 destiny is to be a head coach. I think that's where his his accurate lies. I don't think it's in these minutia, you know, nuances of being a coordinator or a quarterback. I think he, he seems, it just, I get that feeling about him that his best talent is overseeing everything. He's just really young. So that's why he's just got to learn. So yeah, I hope he does get the job, man. I really do. I really do. And I, and I hope he does come back to Notre Dame and be our head coach and continue the success. I think that Marcus Freeman is going to build towards by that time. So yeah. whether there's somebody in between Tommy, whether he's the next one, 
Hell yeah, I'm rooting for him. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, and then John, I'll let you go so other people can go. I just want to ask you one quick question. Because, I mean, it goes back and forth every day. Back and forth every day. I don't know who to believe, what to think. Is it Fields or is it Caleb? Oh, my God. I and, no I mean, idea. I'm not saying what you want. I'm saying what are you hearing? I think they're going to take him. Because I think they just feel like they okay. have to take him. Um, but there's okay. all these issues I just and all the confusion and nobody really knows what dad wants. And do they really want to go to, you know, the Bears? I, I don't know. But I just think all the smoke, I just think you got to take them. So I think that's what they're going to do. The talent, just yeah, the just the talent. Yeah. And I, for intrigue, that's what I want him to do. Because the Bears don't raise my blood pressure. So if I can have an extra layer of Bears intrigue with Caleb involved, after all of our experience with Caleb, it would be interesting to follow. I don't really care either way, but it'd be interesting. Yeah, I think you're right, man. I, I actually like Justin Fields. I, I really want him to succeed. So I wouldn't be upset either way. And, you know, I think the Bears just seem to be the kind of organization that do better when they just when the defense is fan, not just good, but fantastic. And the special teams are fantastic. I just always think of the Bears that way. So that's why I'm kind of leaning towards keeping fields and see if he can just keep getting better and just build around them. But the other side of me is like, if you don't take Caleb and he turns out to be a fan, you know, a superstar, then <laughs> that's two in a row. That's Mahomes. Yeah, you can't. And Caleb, you see, you that's on. the other you know? thing, man. There's there's organizational pressure there because they passed on who turned out to be a generational all world quarterback and and do you want to risk right. doing that again like it's a tough spot to be in um, i feel like you have to do it you just got to take them yeah. and just deal with whatever happens now the, you know so i kind Rodney, of agree with you. i think the as over, much as i like fields the overall most interesting thing about it is that the whole draft narrative is going to be bears focused and that is like that's just a lot of media like because every the, everything that happens is going to be dependent on what the bears do so it's going to be a wild spring for that. Um, I agree. But hey, Rodney, it's really good to hear from you, man. Glad you're doing all right. I just worry about my people when I don't hear from you. That's all, man. I'm glad you're back. Oh, yeah. I'll see you on 420 for sure, man. Can't oh, wait. yeah, man. Bring the, bring the good well, stuff. Bring the good stuff, brother. <laughs> 419, you're on the line. 224, you're coming next. What's going on, 419? Hey, how you doing, John? I'm doing very well. This is just kind of a sad day. We're not going to have real football for a very, very long time. Yeah, I want to start out by uh, congratulating Drew Tranquil, uh, someone I he was one of my favorites growing up. So love seeing him get a ring. You know, it's like he's one of those guys where you're just like, oh, little Drew Tranquil there. You know what I mean? But like everywhere the ball is, the guy's just kind of around it. You know what I'm saying? It's great to see him out there running around. And he was out there a lot last night. It was beautiful. Good for him. Yeah, he, he made a lot of plays for him this year. I'm happy for him. Like I said, I, I loved watching him growing up. So, Yeah. But uh, I see uh, – Notre Dame got a couple more big, uh, big landings this weekend. Yeah, I think, I think they feel really good about a lot of those targets in the twenty-five class still. Um, and I know Burris, there's some questions about the scouting on that. How much of that is just because of the last name rather than the actual skill set? I do hear some of that. Uh, Strebig is a big, big deal. They expect to get Lang. Um, they feel good about that 25 class. Uh, and I do know this. I'm going to say this. 
there are some people that are starting to be like, I don't know about this 25 cl class. There's like a few too many three stars and guys that I'm not really sure, whatever. Here's the issue though. This staff is starting to prove that they could do a good job identifying diamonds in the rough and actually developing them to be a lot more than their star rating coming into school. Kelly didn't always have that, but like these guys do pretty good at developing. And, and so some people should be more open to some of those guys that Notre Dame sees something in. Blyberg says Lang's better than Strebig. I think uh, Goolsby likes Lang's film even better, but likes them both. I think they expect to get both of those guys. So that'd be good. Maddie Augustine too. They think they might get all three of those. That's a great haul. That would be beautiful. Good job. Yeah, that would, that would be awesome. Uh, how big is that offensive tackle? Like what? Six, eight? 300. I, I saw six, eight, 300. I, yeah. I had listed on my sheet, six, eight, 300. And now buddy, you're cooking. Now you're cooking. When I could get a guy with good feet, that's six, eight, 300 as freshman. Now we're cooking, man. That's what we need. I'm done with Notre Dame having 285 pound offensive lineman in the middle, getting bullied backwards. Like happened all last year. Joke. Yeah, that was, yeah. When I seen how big he was when we landed him, I was, I was shocked. That's not really the, that's more of like, like you mentioned with Deuce. That's like one of those guys that usually land somewhere SEC or maybe, maybe yeah. to a Michigan where yeah. Notre Dame's usually just left with those guys that are a little smaller. So that was a big bit for, for Notre Dame. Yeah. I'm uh, I, I really like that. And so, um, I don't know, man. Things seem to be going pretty well. Let me ask you this. I forgot to mention it to Rodney. How, what do you make of Notre Dame losing safety coach O'Leary? He's heading to the Chargers. One of his best friends, Jesse Minter, who left Michigan to follow Arbaugh out there. And O'Leary's going with them. It's not great, but it would be a bigger deal if it was Mickens. So I don't know how to react. It's not great. Um, but it's not the worst case either. So I don't know how you feel about it. That's kind of how I feel. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks because, well, we've we seen he did a great job with Watts. Watts really took off this year. Yeah. But we we know he's a very good safety coach, but I feel like he's he's a lot more replaceable than, like you, than like you said, if we lost uh, Mickens or uh, – or a golden to the NFL. Hey, can I ask you, has there been any conclusions with golden? Am I like dropping the ball here doing Notre Dame media stuff every day that I have no answers? I have no answers. That contract uh, extension was whatever, like around the, around the holidays we were talking about it. And I have not seen anything indicating, oh, that's all done. He's back in Notre Dame for a three-year deal. Then Mickens can slide in. But I also haven't seen anything that's like, oh, I heard he's waiting for the NFL season to get over and then weighing his options. I haven't heard a damn word. What's the realities? I haven't heard anything. I actually just looked it up while you were asking me, and the latest news is from right before Christmas. It says that he is signing an extension, but as far as we know, nothing's actually been put pen to paper yet. Well, that's interesting. You know why that's very interesting is uh, there's a big fan base down in the Louisiana Swamplands that also felt that way about their offensive coordinator. And then they all said, don't worry about it. It'll get signed. And before you know it, he's moving his boxes into Notre Dame. So that's it's like a recent example that has me a little anxiety. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, it has me a little nervous. Uh, I hope they're not waiting on them to get the new athletic director in to get anything signed or anything like that. I yeah, hope no, I you can't I wait. Really yeah, you, you can't do that. Uh, Blyberg says, follow John Bryce for the contract stuff. He says it's good. John Bryce does good work. I do like football scoop. It's a kind of a new... A, a dip, he runs Football Scoop or works for Football Scoop, and they do a lot of the contract stuff, the agent stuff, the behind-the-scenes signing, a, 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 like a different angle on stuff. He does good work, John Bryce. Yeah. Sorry I interrupted. No, you're fine. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine they're going to try to wait that long, but at this point, it's like, what are you waiting for? Is it the new uh, guy taking over, the, the director and the president? What, what are you waiting for? Yeah, and and or or like here's the other thing. No, I want to say, is it possible that it's done, but we don't know? I find that hard to believe. Everybody likes the work Al Goldman's doing. The defense is top ten every year. Notre Dame would put, I think, would want to put out a tweet saying, "Hey, great news! Our good offense coordinator's coming back." So I I don't think it's flown under the radar. So I just don't have an update. Um. But the secession plan of Al Golden to Mickens as DC is still in place. The O'Leary thing's not great, but it is what it is. What are you going to do? Yeah, I can't imagine they wouldn't say anything. Just maybe there's a mutual agreement, but Den Brock also had a mutual agreement with LSU, so that does not make me feel any better. Yeah, if that if it is just mutual. Yeah. So I, man, I don't know. It's. We're going to see, but uh, everybody, I haven't heard that it's it's rumored that anything bad's going on. So I don't know. It's just kind of floating around, but I do admit it's always on my mind until I get closure on it. Um, so so I, I, I just, I don't know. Um, and then, so I don't know, man. I, I, I got to tell you this, though. I am really interested for spring ball. It's one of the most interesting spring sessions I can remember. One of the ones I'm looking the most forward to. I want to see all these quarterbacks. There's a lot of young talent fighting for playing time. The roster's flipping over even more, uh, turning the page away from the Kelly roster guys even more. This is a big spring, and there's a lot of things that got to get figured out, and I'm really excited about it. What about you? I'm excited, but like, I mean, I know you've brought this up multiple times about you have to get the quarterbacks right because you have to. I feel whoever is third, like, I feel like they, they're they probably going to redshirt car or basically make him last on the depth chart. Yes. To, that's you know, accurate. Yep. So then, uh, between Minchie and, and Jelly, I think whoever becomes third is leaving. It's on my list. So that I, is, that is when I, oh man, you're right on it. I was thinking about how I'm going to structure some of my articles leading into spring and what to look for and what, what is going on. That's one of the number one things is, um, and that's why I say the evaluations have to be great because you can't mess that up. That's the mistake you can't make is thinking a guy's better than another guy and putting him ahead of a guy. And then that guy's not good enough. And the other guy that was good enough leaves. That's the ultimate mistake you cannot make. So Freeman and my man Gino and Mikey D, you got to all figure it out. They got to get it right. I am glad we have. Uh, I'm glad we have the coaching room we do have for for that reason. Uh, but it does make me nervous because, like, we have not seen anything on the field like 
in an actual real game from uh, Minchie, pretty yeah. much. But we, and we saw Angeli play well, but so many good things have been said about Minchie all offseason so I want to see it. So yeah, I, I want to see it. them needing to get this right. Yeah, and you know what is an interesting part of this that Goolsby talks about on the Patreon? He brings this up, and it's not something you would necessarily think of. He brings up the fact that personality-wise, Minchie is a quiet, calm, put-together leader. Isn't all emotional. Isn't the loud guy. Isn't, you know, rah, rah, all that. But kind of calmly and quietly leads his team through his work calmly. And Goolsby's asked, I wonder if that plays a part in the pecking order. If you're not the most outspoken guy trying to kind of push your cause and be that guy. And, and so I just, I want to see Minchie get a fair shot. And whoever's better, him or Angeli, then somebody's going to have a decision to make. Because with Carr as the red shirt and the freak athlete Deuce coming in behind them, this room's not going to get any less crowded. The room's just going to get more crowded. So this is a huge spring to be able to line up the pecking order, the quarterbacks, and then see what decisions guys make after that. Yeah, uh, I just I just can't see a way all three. Uh, well, both of those guys stay on top of Carr going to be out of his redshirt year yeah. a year from now. Dude's coming in. Those guys know they're not going to play. If, like you got to at least be the second string this year. It's going like, to be really. Know, interesting. They know they're not going to play if they're the third string. And I'm not, listen. We got enough to uh, worry about in this year. And then when you get into the next year, it's even more interesting what you're going to do at quarterback because I think they're done wanting to go to the portal. And then it's like, does Angeli get a year? Is it is it Minchie? Is it like, what are we doing here? Like, I don't know. So but let's worry about this year before we worry about next year. Uh, anything else, my friend? Thanks for the call on a hangover uh, Super Bowl Monday. Uh, just a quick question. I want to know how you felt about the Super Bowl. Didn't have a dog in the fight. Don't let the N- the NFL doesn't affect my emotions. And so I had a very relaxing evening watching two high quality teams play football. No stress. Just the only stress was I was sad that football is over for a long time. But it was great when you don't bet on it and you're not emotionally involved. You just look for good football and it was and it went into overtime. So good game, I guess. Yeah, I was I was happy the Niners didn't win. I'm a just real quick, then I'll let you go. But uh, I'm a Steelers fan, so I did not want the Niners to tie us. So I was real happy. Yeah. Hey, what's the deal with uh, what's the deal with the coach out there? They want to run him out of town, or what's the deal? Is it getting stale out there, or what? Tomlin, what's the deal? Uh, half the fan base wants him gone. Half the fan base wants him to stay, and he is. He did announce he's staying, but yeah, half the fan base wants him gone because yeah, we haven't won a playoff game since. 2016. I'm not sold on your quarterback situation at all. That's one of the problems I see out there. But I don't know. There's there's a lot to think about. Just yeah, the yeah. Fan, base, fan base completely split on both quarterback and coach. So that's a rough place to we be. That's hey, hey, I can relate. I'm in Chicago land. <laughs> like that's been my exist. <laughs> that's been my existence my entire life, where nobody agrees or likes the quarterback and the coach for like 25 years. <laughs> even when we went to the Super Bowl, people didn't even like the the the. Uh, even w- that's the Bears. 
Even when they were in the Super Bowl in the in the modern era, people didn't like the quarterback. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh man. Hey, thanks for calling, man. Have a good uh have a good Monday, okay? Have a good one, John. Take care, buddy. How much time you got, buddy? That is from a famous Dave Chappelle skit. Let's see if anybody recognizes where it's from. How much time you got, buddy? See if anybody gets which skit it is from Chappelle's show. What is it exactly you don't like about something, something? How much time you got, buddy? (laughs) Oh, Pat, you don't count. You do not count because you were there like watching the original day that that aired with me in college. You are exempt from that project. You're exactly right. And I'm not I'm not even going to say any of the rest of it, but it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. How much time you got, buddy? <laughs> and then the Chappelle thing, that's a whole other reason the little John thing is funny and everything is be, it, because then he dressed up as little John and they did all the commercials. Yay. What? Okay. Oh man. Condoly. <laughs> Tom gets it. Tom gets it. <laughs> if you guys ain't your art laid it out. Oh my God. Two, two, four. What's going on? Happy hangover Monday, Andrew. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, John? How are you, man? Oh, I'm okay, man. It's just kind of like funeral day for football for a while. It's just sad, kind of. Yeah. Uh, you're not a college basketball fan? Nope. If Notre Dame's in it, I'll follow it, but I just don't. It just doesn't do much for me. And, Andrew, here's the problem. I can't just, like, get into it when the brackets come out and act like I'm invested in a team I've never seen play all year so my bracket moves forward. Like, that's disingenuous. So unless Notre Dame's in it, I really do not care about the basketball at all. And then the other problem, Andrew, is I get the Masters, and I care about that a lot. And then we get into baseball, and the White Sox are terrible, and I'm miserable all summer, and then Notre Dame starts. (laughs) There's my life arc. Yep. Yeah, I, I feel like baseball is, I don't know, what, I used to be a huge baseball fan, but for whatever reason, uh, yeah, it's falling off on my book too. So. Well, the White Sox are the um, reason that for my depression there. So, And it's like, dude, you can only get by so long rooting against the Northsiders before you're just ready for your team to win. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in it. So that's rough. Um, what's on your mind, buddy? Yeah, hey, you know, I wanted to call in. I, you know, I, you know, the Super Bowl, I'd like you, I, I had no, uh, cheering interest in the Super Bowl. The, my only commentary on the Super Bowl is that um, certainly Patrick Mahomes put up huge numbers and deserves credit. He, he, he's already like an NFL legend, but I think Andy Reid deserves more credit. I mean, I, I if not for Bill Belichick, I think we might be saying that Andy Reid is like the the next um, uh, Bill Walsh. I mean, he he's just been an offensive innovator. Uh, he pretty darn close many many times in philadelphia winning championships now he's got three super bowls i mean i think in this era literally only bill belichick uh, was a better coach so he, he deserves a ton of credit and i think notre dame as a team should just i i, didn't, I never understood why they didn't uh look at what andy Reid has done in terms of how he's 
developed rosters. Uh, they've never, I mean, he's very rarely had explosive wide receivers. I, I can think of two, Terrell Owens for that brief period of time, and then Tyreek Hill. And it's just like, yeah, he, he wins in a big way. So he deserves so, so much credit. So that's my only take on the Super Bowl. But I, I wanted to call you and, and talk about Tommy Reed, so if you had a minute. Sure, man. Uh, what do you make of this potential news? Maybe it's just a rumor. I don't know, but I bet it's been out there. What do you make of it? Well, I, I would, I would be interested to find out if it's legit, like uh, legitimate that he's a, a, a candidate or not. But um, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to come off like such a hater, but I just do not understand the the Tommy Reese love. I mean, I, I mean. Was he really like a beloved football player when when he played for Notre Dame? Like I, I give him credit; he he sort of um, outperformed his talent level. But it wasn't like we ever won anything big when 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 Tommy Reese was a player. Um, as an offensive coordinator, I think uh, his results were very mixed at best. I mean, I think you've got to give him credit for his first couple of years on the job, but all the wins that that happened. But no offense, I, I don't think that he's uh, a part of uh, bringing in Ian Book. I, I think he won a lot of games with the, the prior regime players. And then when it was his time to really kind of show like what, what he had to, like, hey, I, I'm no longer Brian Kelly's whipping boy. I'm, this is my offense. When that was his time to do it, 2021 was a near disaster. He First off, he led Freeman astray. He did not bring in a transfer quarterback. He told Freeman that uh, Buckner was ready to go. And Buckner lost lost two games right off the bat for, for Notre Dame. Then he gets injured, and we see his uh, his other uh, recruit, Drew Pine, come in. And it was pretty obvious from the beginning that Drew Pine was not a Power 5 quarterback. Um, he mismanaged uh, his staff. I mean, uh, you could say – I mean, I, I have to think – you can try to blame Brian Kelly for uh, some of the deficiencies in the roster. But it doesn't the offensive coordinator – get some blame isn't there isn't there some pecking order where if if a particular room is incredibly thin and one of the assistant coaches isn't doing their job don't they report to the offensive coordinator like Dell Alexander uh destroyed the wide receiver room we're still recovering from that how does Tommy Reese not get any blame for that I mean Dell Alexander reports to Tommy Reese I mean it's just ludicrous and then I'll throw out another thing the in 2021 uh, two things about 2021. What was going on with our offensive line? Incredibly thin. Again, where is um, where's the uh, the hierarchy, the pecking order, the responsibility of the offensive coordinator to make sure that our offensive line has some depth? And then um, the last point on 2021 is like I give Tommy Reese credit. I, I think Tommy Reese can sometimes uh, really call a great game, um, like the UN, UNC game. I, I, I was was awesome. I think toward the end of 2021, like against loser teams like Boston College, like he just put on a clinic. But I would argue in his two biggest games, that uh, uh, the two biggest games that he um, had to coach was the bowl game, was the first game that Marcus Freeman uh, was coach against Oklahoma State. He came out kind of hot in the first half. They put up a bunch of points and yards. Then they got nearly shut out in the second half. Oklahoma State just made a few adjustments, and Tommy Reese had no answers. And then the second big game was against Ohio State uh, the following year. He, that was a huge game. He went up against a real defensive line. He had one good drive in the beginning of the game, and then he had zero answers after that. So 
I just think like it's shocking to me <laughs> that Tommy Reese continues to just fail upwards. Like he, I mean, thing. he took the offensive coordinator job. Here's yeah, the thing. Go ahead. Here's the thing, man. I feel a little sheepish on this topic, and the reason why is. I was not happy with the results when he was running Notre Dame's offense at all, yeah. saying it wasn't near elite enough and whatever and what blah, 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 blah. But now that he's somewhere else, I find that I have a lot more flexibility and interest in the Reese development project. And and does that make sense or does it sound cheap? It's like, well, I want to see what happens and encourage him now that it's not my problem if it doesn't go great. Yeah, like I'm being honest with myself. Like I'm really well, encouraged to see wait. it. Because it isn't going to be my problem if it doesn't go well. But the real question, Andrew, is it's one thing for fans to have an opinion for or against or who you like or whatever. But in the business, how does he keep scaling up? It's not about what you or I think on this dumb stream. The power players in the sport keep raising them up. So what are they seeing that isn't translating to our TVs? Because we're not hiring them. Uh, we're not hiring them for all yeah, these jobs I, and interviewing them for NFL jobs and Alabama wants to. So, like, what are the best people in this business seeing that we're not seeing? Well, well, let's, well let's, let's talk about that, though. Um, no doubt he had convinced Nick Saban that he had something. So you got to give him credit for that. Well, let's pump our brakes um, when, when we think that UCLA is some sort of representation of the best in the business. I mean, I, I'm from Southern California, and so I, I know a lot about, uh, you know, uh, that area and areas football. UCLA, um, I, I would actually tell Tommy Reese to beware of what, what you get yourself into because UCLA is notorious. That they'll pay a coach a decent amount of money, especially because it's Los Angeles and you got to pay a lot. But they have never fully invested in uh, the football facilities uh, that, that like a true uh, championship team needs, they um, refuse to at the Rose Bowl is just a, a total disaster. Um, Miami is the same deal where, where they have to play across the city. In LA, it's even worse. Uh, UCLA is actually in like near Beverly Hills. It's like in Bel Air. And they, they play in Pasadena, which is like an an hour away. It's a total disaster. It's a hundred thousand feet stadium and it looks awful. They need to invest in a smaller, um, on stadium or uh, on campus stadium. Um, and until they do all that, they, they just keep, um, instead of addressing what the real problems are, they just keep firing, um, you know, decent coaches. Like they, they fired, I, I think whatever you want to say about Rick Neuheisel, he, he was, he's a guy who's had success, uh, before in the past. Then even Jim Mora. Jim Mora is not a bad coach. Like he had some success at UCLA and then it fell off. He showed it two years ago at UConn. He he knows how to put together a roster. He gets fired. Um, and then uh and then Chip Kelly, it's like, what more can you do at, at, at UCLA? I think he had like back to back eight and four seasons and they're not happy. And like yeah. uh, you know, Bill Plasky and these other LA Times people are saying <laughs> fire him, and it's like, what 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 more can you do? It's like Okay, so now wait. I, I don't blame Okay, you. now let Chip me Kelly? yeah. Let me yeah. Uh, okay, I got that all laid out. Now let me try and go on the other side of it. This is very productive on a Monday morning. The other side of it would be if you're a guy like Reese and you get offered a Big 10 head job when you thought you were going to be a tight ends coach in the NFL, I mean, do beggars get to be choosers when you're trying to break in the business like that? Or does Tommy have the cachet that you think he's in a position to go, 
that's appealing, but I could see all the pitfalls behind the scenes with the administrative support and all that and stay away from that for a while to find a better spot. Like, I just don't know what leverage yeah. he think he has to be able to navigate. But a man, UCLA well, would be different to, in my eyes if it was Pac-12 late night, 1.30 in the morning and I'm watching. The Big Ten part of this is super intriguing to me. Super. Well, but, but uh, something for you to consider, um, John, is that um, it w- I think it would actually be better if they were still in the pack because the, the Pac-12, uh, they had a resurgence last year, but for like 10-plus years, very mediocre conference. And so you can see if you, um, if you get a veteran-laden team, uh, you might be able to cobble together like a 9-3 and three season. There is no way uh, that Tommy Reese is going to take UCLA's roster and go nine and three in the Big Ten. The Big Ten is loaded now. Um, it's got a ton of teams yeah. that we're going to have to play across the country. And so, um, Bud Elliott from Two Four Seven has a really good slogan uh, that he talks about these middle tier um, teams in the in the new, new two uh, power conferences, which is take the check and take the losses. So yeah, yeah. I mean Tommy, you're you're um, you know UCLA is going to be flush with cash, and they're going to probably pay you seven or eight million dollars a year, and, and potentially more than that. Uh, to get hired, but have fun going five and seven or six and six at best. And, and so, if, I mean, what's the point of that? Is yeah. tell me if you see this the way I do, and maybe I'm not looking at it the right way. Um, do you feel like it's there's almost no way you could win at all at a decent level at like any middle tier power five conference school anymore at all? Because I feel like you're not; those schools are on a baseline, not going to recruit elitely. That's just not how they're built. The middle level Power Five team, obviously, they don't recruit elitely. You already have that baked in. But then anybody they develop that's going to be good is going to jump to one of the top teams for NIL. I almost feel like a middle tier Power Five team has no shot anymore. They don't recruit elitely from the start, and anybody they develop is probably going to jump for money. Because if they stay, everybody around them isn't good enough that they are all good. Am I seeing that wrong? No, I think I think you're right. And um, you know, I I always defend Rutgers because I got my my business degree from Rutgers. But like, uh, you know, a lot of people at, in New Jersey will like uh, will really flex a little bit that they're in the Big Ten. But it's like, yeah. what, did, what did you really win, Rutgers? Like in the Big Ten, you you don't TV you don't money. Get, That's what fan, you, you win, Andrew. The... TV money. That's well, what they win. <laughs> That's what they win. But as a as a fan, you don't get to see any of that yeah, money. Exactly. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, maybe maybe uh, Rutgers be better off playing in the ACC or, or the Big Twelve, where maybe they can be more competitive. But um, yeah, I agree with you in theory. I I think the model though. Um, it, let's see. Let's see what how Louisville um does with Brom. Because I think that if you're a middle tier team, uh, and then also like Lance Leopold, like Kansas, like if you're a middle tier team, the, the best thing you can do is not hire a wonderkin like Tommy Reese, who's yeah. got no track record of winning anything. Andrew. What you should do is is find somebody who's find somebody who actually has a track record of winning games. Look at this, like a Kalen DeBoer. Look at yeah, this. Uh, go ahead. Look at this. Hot off the presses. Deshaun Foster is the next UCLA coach. Who's that? I don't even know who that is. I don't know who that is either. Who the hell is Deshaun Foster? (laughs) I don't know either, but in the chat, everybody's writing, what a good time for you guys to debate this and now stop the conversation. I don't know who that is either. Am I supposed to know who that is? It ain't Deshaun Watson. Who the hell's that? I have no idea who that is. 
I, I think that, that that speaks more to what I was saying. That I, I didn't even know for real if Tommy Reese was a legit candidate. Because, I, I mean, his, his name wasn't even getting mentioned for jobs like Syracuse and, uh, you know. These, oh, like, former running, a former then, running yeah. back from UCLA. So then and a running back coach from the Raiders. So if he has UCLA ties, then that makes a ton more sense. Okay, got it. Well, just, I mean, to my, it just proves my point. I mean, maybe this guy will shock the world and be a good coach, but UCLA isn't clearly not serious about uh, winning games. They've, they just ride the coattails of USC. They're so lucky to be in the Big Ten. Uh, yeah. The only reason why they're there is because USC is their like sister school. So yeah. I think, um, you know, in all honesty, if you're a Tommy Reese fan, uh, consider this a dodge bullet because um, I don't think that a team like UCLA cares uh, enough. I think if Tommy Reese got hired by a school like Oregon or Washington or something like that, where those are two schools that are willing to put in the resources, even a, a school like Utah, like if he was the successor to Kyle Winningham, like these are schools that are like serious about winning and they'll, they'll actually give you some resources. Um, so I, so yeah. Interesting, man. Yeah. It's just going to be really interesting. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, do you got a minute? Can I ex- can I go over one Reese scenario I've heard recently and get your response to it? Sure. So I heard that, remember when Notre Dame played Alabama in the latest playoff, the last one we were in, what was it, 34-14 or whatever was the final? You remember that? Yes. And some of these SEC people, I forget who was talking about this, they were all saying behind the scenes, Man, I could see what Reese is trying to draw up and run here, but Notre Dame just doesn't have the guys that any of it could work in this moment against Alabama. But I can see all the things he wants to do in concept in that game, but it's just not going to work out because Notre Dame doesn't have the guys. I don't know how to react to that, Andrew, because a part of me understands that, and that mentality would explain to me other teams' interest in him. But at the same time, I would say to Tommy, isn't your job not to just run what you want, self-actualized, if it all went perfect, but rather to run what we can run instead of running what you want to run, but you know we can't do it. You got to pare down and run what guys can accomplish. I don't know what to make of that. It's got me in a weird mental place, how to look at that. Do you, do you remember who the uh, head coach of USC was before Pete Carroll uh, got the job? <laughs> who was it? Was it Sark? Who did we have there? We had Sark. We had O. We had Kiffin. We had all those guys out there. Yeah. Before before Pete Carroll uh, got hired, USC was in some really down years, and there was a it was a guy named Paul Hackett, mm. and I, I believe Paul Hackett was like one of the original innovators of the West Coast offense. I mean, one of the best offenses, you know, in NFL history. And it was really, really, really hot at that time. But uh, Paul Hackett sucked as a head coach because he did, he, to be a college football head coach, you got to be more than just a good play caller. And so that's what I would say about Tommy Reese. Look at his track record. He, he picks Tyler Buckner over JJ McCarthy. He, um, he tells Freeman, that hey, we're not going to take a transfer. Uh, we're going to we're going to roll with Tyler, Tyler Buckner. He goes to Alabama, and even though like everybody like craps on Jalen Milrow uh, in this chat, which is ridiculous. Like I, I watched pretty much every Alabama game. That guy, he's not like the uh, 
you know, he's not like the most uh, smooth quarterback in the world, but it, it, I'm hard-pressed to name a guy more athletic at quarterback than Jalen Milrow. Well, what does Tommy Reese do? He wants to bench him early in the year and put in uh, Tyler Buckner. He's got no eye for talent. Uh, and so I would, I don't, and, and like one of your callers was like, Hey, it would be so nice, uh, to see Tommy Reese come back as head coach. If that ever happens, uh, you know, let's just write off five years right off the bat because Tommy Reese would, would tank the program. So, well, but yeah. the only way it would happen is if there's a proven body of work somewhere else. That I think is the catch there is it would not be a Freeman type deal. I think there That's would have to true. be. I think there would, I just think they're not going to do that again. I think he's going to have to prove it well, somewhere. I, honestly, I, I'll, I'll push back on you and, and I'll, and I'll just say, look at uh, Notre Dame precedent. Uh, where was, um, where was Bob Davies, uh, uh, proven track record when he got hired? He was just a coordinator. The somewhere. proven track where record, was, um, the proven track record is probably the loose seal of approval. And he's right down the hallway. That's a different dynamic. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that with no. Tommy unless he proves it somewhere. I just don't. I, I would just say, look at like, there's four. I mean, the last four out of the last five coaches that Notre Dame has hired has have had a dubious track record. You got Bob Davy, you have Charlie Weiss, who was never, uh, or you had like Tyrone Willingham, who had like maybe one, maybe two good years at Stanford, but they, I mean, they were like two good years relative to how bad Stanford sort of was in the in the late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, then you have Charlie Weiss, who was never a head coach. And then, then you actually hire someone with a proven track record, Brian Kelly, and you have a lot of success. And then they, they hire Freeman, which, hey, I'm a big fan. I'm going to, I want to cheer for him, but he had no proven track record. So Notre Dame has no problem hiring coaches with uh, no track record. Hey, we're going to, I, I want to see Tommy be head coach somewhere, not here. Cause I just want to see how it goes. And I want to see his personality as head coach compared to all these other scenarios. Um, so I don't know, interesting experiment, but you don't have to worry about it with UCLA. So I guess those 20 minutes, we don't have to worry about it anymore. Andrew, thanks for calling <laughs> on a Monday, buddy. Hey, right, good timing though. Right when we're discussing it, the news breaks. It's perfect. It's beautiful. Problem yeah. solved. Awesome, man. <laughs> All right. I'll see you. Hey, have a good Monday, buddy. Thanks. Take care. You too. Uh, always Irish senior, never liked Tommy boy, player or coach. I don't get it. I, Hey man, Tommy is in the eye of the boulder. It's just absolutely wild to me. The varying opinions on Tommy and then all the most important football people. They all love him. I just, I can't understand it, but none of us get it. Uh, all right, everybody. That's going to be it for the day. Thanks for everybody for calling everybody for chatting. Um, I'll put something out later tonight. We'll have an episode tomorrow. People want, people want, um, they want the weekend shows to come back. I'll see what I can do for that. Cook something up. Um, you know what else I wanted to ask you guys too is, uh, Tom, the important football people love him. That's news to me. Nick Saban. Is that not an important football person? Like Nick Saban? That's a pretty big, that's an important football person to me. All these, all the NFL scouts that say that he's a genius with everything. Those are like more important football people than me on this dumb show. 
But if you're going to respond to me that Saban is not a important football person whose opinion carries a ton of weight, I mean, we have a, a reality gap here. If you're going to tell me Saban's not an important football person whose opinion on things is weighed differently than everybody else, connections definitely matter. And I've always asked that about Tommy Boy because of his dad. Always asked that. It's always a part of it. We'll finish with this. Johnny, if you could uh, meet any of your followers at the tailgate, how long does Ugg last before it becomes uncomfortable? Look out for habitual line steppers. Yeah, Rick is a habitual line stepper. <laughs> yeah, I remember grinding my feet on Eddie's couch. Why'd you do it? He could buy another one. <laughs> the brother's darkness, my legs. <laughs> My legs, Charlie Murphy. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Everybody go enjoy your Monday. We have no football for eight months. Everybody go be miserable. Uh, stay tuned. I'll post something tonight. Thank you for all the donations. Thank you for the calls. Really appreciate it. Fun way to start the week. Uh, let, let's get after it. Mark, take care. Adam, all you guys, thank you for being here. Good crowd today. Take care, everybody.